0: Welcome to Coordinator's Corner, presented by JCW's The Burger Boys. Hello, once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Studio B at the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo, Utah, for our week three edition now of the Coordinator's Corner. Coming up on today's show, we'll look back on the second of BYU's back-to-back wins to open the 2023 season, a 41-16 home field victory over the Southern Utah Thunderbirds. BYU 2-0 for a fourth consecutive season for the first time in Cougar football history. We'll also preview BYU's first road trip of the season as the Cougs head to Fayetteville to face Arkansas this upcoming weekend. Our guests on today's show, Offensive Coordinator Aaron Roderick and Special Teams Coordinator Kelly Papinga. And we kick off today's show with BYU's OC and QB coach, Aaron Roderick, good to see you once again. Good to be here. All right, uh, the cliche is uh, the most improvement happens between week one and week two. Uh, How much truth is there in that from your standpoint and where do you think the BYU offense made the most strides from Sam Houston to Southern Utah?
1: Well, it, it was definitely a step in the right direction. You know, we have we have a lot of work to do, but um, I thought we played a good, solid game Saturday, made made a lot of improvement. It was a much cleaner game, very few penalties, uh, not as many miss, missed assignments. And, um, and uh, yeah, they, you know, and, and when you look at the big picture of the game, we won the turnover battle. We are 100%, Again, 100% yep. touchdowns in the red zone. Yep. And two for two on fourth down. You'll almost never lose if you, you know, if you played... Solid, spe- and we, we won the special teams battle for sure, and, and our defense played well again, so uh, it was a sound victory.
0: Yeah, a lot to talk about with Coach Papinga coming up on special teams. They were a big piece of the equation on Saturday. Just generally speaking, you were happier after week two.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we still have a lot of things we need to do better, but I was happy uh, with with the win, and, you know, the Southern Utah chose to play their safeties about seven yards off the ball the whole game, you know, and so... Uh, Early in the game, you know, we wanted to be balanced and kind of get everything going and it was then it was after the second possession. It was obvious. Okay, we got to throw. Yeah, they're not gonna. They're not gonna. They're just gonna stand there. Those safeties gonna stand that low. We're gonna throw the ball down the field and once we started doing that, we broke the game open and I thought uh, our passing game really came to life.
0: Speaking of the pass game, you got a key personnel piece back on Saturday. Uh, Keanu Hill rejoined your lineup. How big was that, regardless of the stats for a second, how important was it to have him back on the field for you?
1: Keanu is a very important player on our team. He's a great leader. He's experienced, uh, one of our most experienced players. And um, he's a guy who's made big plays in big games, and he's tough. He brings a a level of toughness. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, um, the other receivers are trying to match him. And... We had some really great blocks downfield Saturday by all those guys, and, yeah. and Keanu's the one who sets the tone on that stuff for us.
0: And it was a better blocking day outside, wasn't it? On yeah, Saturday. the perimeter
1: the perimeter blocking improved a lot.
0: Yeah. We saw Cody Epps warm up, so he's getting closer, uh, but he, he's missed the first two games this year after missing the last final, uh, final five games last year. How close is Cody to suiting up, do you think?
1: I thought he was close Saturday, so <laughs> I can't.
0: I wish Less positive, I, I wish though, I a, if he's yeah, that much closer. I wish I had closer.
1: a better answer for you, but it's, it's – uh, it, you know, well, it's up to how he feels.
0: Okay, but the uh, the stretch of games is going to get. Uh, we're going to be in the Big 12 here uh, within a couple of weeks. You'd love to have him when conference play gets underway. We
1: would love to have him back. Yes.
0: Okay. Uh, you scored a first drive touchdown against Sam Houston, and you had a good first drive going a Saturday against Southern Utah till a penalty that we seldom see. We saw for a second straight week, yeah. and it wiped out a third down conversion.
1: Yeah, we had a uh, a silly silly penalty there. Uh, uh, just guy lined up in an illegal formation for us that um, shouldn't happen. You'll
0: yeah. see it all the time, though. A, a, a receiver will check One, to the sideline yeah. and make sure he is or isn't, and, and it's... One thing that we're finding
1: out is Big 12 officials are very particular about formation alignments, and and um, it's been... Uh, and it's okay. We, we have to adapt to that, and we've, we've had Big 12 officials in the past, but it seems like it's a point of emphasis this year. They are making you clearly define more than ever, who's on the ball, who's off the ball. And so it's up to us. We've got got to handle that better. Uh, It was the one silly penalty we had Saturday. Uh, It was, you know, one too many, but... (laughs) Um, and it, it negated a third down conversion. We're first, in, first and 10 at the plus 40 yep. ro- rolling right there and, and uh, on our way.
0: And it felt like a similar yeah, situation the week before, too, very, where it was a big play. And... that
1: was disappointing, but um, it was the only one we had.
0: Yeah. Uh, Keaton Slovis has only thrown a single pick on the season. It came on your second drive of the game, and if he has time to throw, like another half second I think it's a likely TD to chase Roberts uh, but the T-Bird sent a linebacker he got home on Keaton gets hit as he throws the ball flutters and it gets intercepted it was that close to being a great play.
1: Yeah we had a little uh, situation there where they they early in the game we were going no huddle and they were they run the same offense as us they were they had their quarterbacks over on their sideline trying to pick our signals for their defense <laughs> and that that was not a called blitz that was an added what we, what we call an add there, The linebacker added late and. Um, Got a good hit on us after that. We, we huddled the rest of the game, and and then it was uh, that was a good move to go back to home.
0: Yeah. yeah. As you saw, did you say we got this at the snap? Yeah. Do you think we got this? Yeah, that mean?
1: should have been a touchdown. Um, we were wide open. The, the post was wide open yeah. there. And so that was really the only time all day that Keaton got pressured. I mean, he got bumped a couple of times, but that was the one hard hit and um, the only turnover so far of yep. our season. And, um, but again, we, It was disappointing we didn't score a touchdown there, but from that point on is when we really got it going.
0: That is right. From the the third drive, thing of beauty, uh, Keaton goes five for seven on the drive. You rush two times for solid gains, convert a couple third downs, and then Isaac Rex gets a milestone moment. Uh, His 22nd career touchdown catch ties Gordon Hudson for the BYU career record for tight end touchdown receptions, and it was also Keaton's first BYU touchdown pass.
1: Yeah, Isaac, is a, he's, a, he's a weapon, especially in the red zone, but he's a weapon all over the field. He's just such a big target, and he has great ball skills, and um, it was felt good to get, get uh, Keaton his first touchdown pass, and it was you know, fitting that it was to Isaac.
0: And it was a big bounce-back day for Isaac, too, after kind of a quiet first game.
1: It was, yeah, he did, he did not play. He was one of, one of many of our uh, solid our veteran players who didn't feel great about how they played the first week, and I thought he came back and had a strong performance.
0: You're up 6-3 after that touchdown, then it was time for what they call complimentary football. Defense forces a three and out, special teams blocks a punt, and then the offense scores quickly on a short field, and that's when Ke- uh, Keanu got into the end zone.
1: Yeah, and that's an example of team ball, you're right. And um, we had several examples of that, uh, actually in both games, but in this game in particular, just, um, hey, we had a couple of third and longs in this game where we, we didn't try to get all, all the yards, we just tried to get it to manageable fourth down and then convert it on fourth. And, those types of things give your defense more rest, and this was one case where the special teams play, the stop, and the special teams play got us an easy touchdown pass here. Keanu got way open in the back. Yeah, he did. It's it's uh, it's uh, you know they, they like I said, SUU was extremely aggressive with their safeties. I mean, they were it was cover zero a lot. There
0: was space out there. <laughs> yeah, then. so there's space yeah.
1: down the field. I mean, they're just daring you to throw it, and they 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 sold out to stop the run and were daring us to throw.
0: 11th career touchdown catch for Keanu Hill. BYU takes control after another SUU 3 and out. It was a four-minute drive. It featured a fourth-down conversion. I want to take a look at it if we can. It was a pass play to Mason Fakahua. SUU's safety thought he had Mason in the flat, but not before Keaton got to Mason for the for the fourth-down pickup. Yeah,
1: just a little play-action pass here. I mean, I, again, we're calling a pass here because of how aggressive they were being with their safeties to stop the run, and... You know the offensive lineman can only block five guys. E- every run play, you're going nine against eleven because the quarterback doesn't block anyone and the ball carrier doesn't block anyone. And when their safeties are down there that low, um, there's no way to account for them other than throw a pass. And so we got the ball quick here and just move the chains. It's a nice, easy play.
0: The drive ends on a big play. It was Darius Lassiter scoring his first BYU touchdown. It was a play that almost didn't get off. Ke- uh, Keaton had a high snap to handle which which he yeah. does does well and then it's a wide receiver screen to the open field. Braden Kime shoots out, gets enough of his guy to free Darius and then Darius does a nice job staying in bounds and finding the end zone.
1: Yeah, great job handling the snap first of all and then we had some good downfield blocking and and um, Darius, yeah, his uh his how about his brother had two interceptions the night before for Kansas and then he he scored a touchdown in this game and I think his other brother played for the Bengals yesterday, so his his mom had quite a weekend watching football. Yeah,
0: that's quite a family. And in fact, yeah. you go back to the dad. Uh, the dad was also a DB at Kansas yeah. back in the day. In fact, if you go back to the 1992 Aloha Bowl against BYU, I think he was the lead tackler for Kansas in that game. Yeah,
1: that's a heck of a football family.
0: Yeah, and nice to see Darius get his first for BYU too. Yeah, he's a,
1: he's been a great great addition to our team, and uh, I think he'll just get better and better as he as he gets more comfortable in our offense.
0: By the way, and that that is, uh, you don't see a ton of screens where the wide receivers by himself out there to start to play.
1: Yeah, um, that's a play that we've had in in the offense for a while now. We we actually threw a bunch of them to Dallin Holker a couple of years ago, um, and uh, th- then last year we got kind of got away from it. It was threw a couple of them to Puka, and now you know time to dial it up this week.
0: Okay, since you brought up Puka, man, I yeah. mean come on, yesterday's debut.
1: Yeah, he's a, he's he's a beast. He's a great player.
0: I mean, he, they, they lose Cooper Cup, and they basically have him fill the Cooper Cup role, and he puts up, like, the same numbers.
1: Yeah, and I'm not surprised at all, and not one bit. He's, no. he's a playmaker.
0: All right, back to your game. It was twenty to three BYU, and you guys pretty much put the game to bed right before halftime. And it was set up by that Camden Garrett uh, interception, getting you the ball back. You got one oh seven, so you're in the two minute offense. But you didn't need two minutes; you only needed two plays. And the big play was a strike to Isaac Rex that got you close. Beautiful throw and catch here.
1: Yeah, they played a really strange coverage on that play. I'm not. We're not even sure if they if they made a mistake or what they were doing, but. Um... With too many guys in the but, same spot. Yeah. But um, Keaton found Isaac and just threaded it. I mean it was an unbelievable oh, throw. Amazing uh, throw. Really great throw. And then good just, angle of it here. Just need Isaac to unhitch the trailer here a little
0: bit and, and get <laughs> get in the end zone. <laughs> you thought he but, you thought he had the record breaker on this one. Yeah I
1: thought that would have been it right there. But we were we were teasing him about getting in the end zone there.
0: It was a big enough day as it was. By the way that was his career long catch 65 on that play.
1: He's a weapon and, and uh, we'll, we'll keep trying to find ways to get him the ball.
0: You did get into the end zone though. Soon thereafter, uh, Dion Smith, another guy, scoring his first BYU touchdown, and he led your offense in carries on Saturday. You ran him on jet sweep here, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, just a little little low red zone jet sweep. We've done this play over the years with a bunch of our players, and um, and the guys executed the play very well.
0: So first touchdown for Darius Lassiter, first BYU touchdown for Deion Smith in this game. Now, Aiden Robbins, he was the 1,000-yard back last season at, at UNLV, still finding his footing right now at BYU. Clearly, you're going to use more than one guy. You've talked about that. Dion scored on Saturday. LJ still leads you in rush yards, and you're still confident. I'm sure that Aiden's got some big games in him as we go forward.
1: Sure, yeah, we're confident in all those guys. Uh, Saturday was just like I said before. It was a game where SUU was daring us to throw the ball. As low as those safeties were all game. Um, it was about the passing game Saturday. There might be games where we have to rush for 200, 250 yards to win, and there's going to be games where, you know, uh, we got to throw it to win. And one thing I like about our system and our team is that we have guys that are, we can win any style of ball game, I believe, with the, with the players we have and the, the offensive system that we have. I think we're equipped to get into a shootout if we need to, or we can grind it out too, and, and um, that's, that's something that I'm proud of about this group.
0: So the game situation is a factor, uh, and, and, this, and the small sample size is a factor because the rush numbers aren't overpowering right now. But no. you're saying through two games and the kind of game you just played, don't sweat it quite yet.
1: Not yet. I mean, we need to, we need to play better for sure. There nobody's nobody's content or feeling like we've arrived by any means. Just after after one solid game, we have a lot of work to do. There's a lot of things we can do better as a team. Um, but yeah, two games is is definitely we've we've. Uh, you know, scored a lot of points here and been ran the ball really well here the last few years, and uh, I have no doubts that 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 time is coming.
0: You see the ingredients that'll make a good run game for sure, BYU yeah, this and year. We've, yeah,
1: we've run the ball really well all camp against our defense, and um, so. But Saturday, I mean, you just go back and go ahead and look at that film and show me those safeties, tell me what's a good run play against that. The best run play for that is to throw it over their heads. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did.
0: And yeah, you, you take a look at how many yards you threw for and the big plays you got through the air that, that, yeah. that, that weren't there maybe in game one.
1: Yeah, one stat that's important to us is uh, 10 10 yards per pass attempt, not completion per attempt. I think we were 10.9 per attempt Saturday, which is...
0: After a low game one.
1: That means you are making explosive plays. I mean, you're throwing the ball down the field for big chunks. And if you're doing that and you win the turnover battle, you're going to win every time.
0: You had two chunk plays through the air in game one. You had eight on Saturday. Correct. And,
1: And, yeah, 41 points in 55 plays. That's a lot of points for only 55 plays, and most of that is due to the chunk passing yards.
0: Okay. Good stuff. When we come back, we'll see how BYU finished off Southern Utah and shine the light on BYU's red hot red zone numbers. As we head to break, this reminder to join Dave McCann and former Cougars Blaine Fowler and David Nixon tomorrow night for a brand new episode of After Further Review as they take a look at the Cougars' win over SUU. That's tomorrow, 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app and ESPN+. More with BYU offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick coming up next. This is the Coordinator's Corner brought to you by JCW's. The Burger Boys, back after this. Eden slovis a throwback. Rex makes the catch, makes the dive, has the score! Following back to back home games to open the season for the first time in the Kalani Sitake era and the first time in 11 years BYU now takes its 2-0 record on the road to Arkansas this upcoming Saturday. BYU got to 2-0 with a 41-16 home win over Southern Utah this past Saturday. Reviewing the game and looking ahead with BYU OC and QB coach Aaron Roderick, Special Teams Coordinator Kelly Papinga joining us at the bottom of the hour. So you led uh, Southern Utah 27-3 at halftime. Uh, What were your talking points at the break with that lead? Uh, just to, you
1: know, keep keep doing what we're doing. You know, after the first two possessions, we sputtered just a little bit. And then after that, we, was, you know, we were playing really well. And so the idea at halftime was to keep playing clean football, keep the pedal down. And if they were going to continue to play with their safeties as low as they were, mm-hmm. we're going to keep throwing it. And so that's what we did in the third quarter. We tried to, you know, just keep, keep throwing the ball down the field as much as we could. And, and um, they refused to the change, so we just kept doing it.
0: You alluded in the earlier segment to the two for two on fourth downs. Uh, your second drive of the second half got you to a fourth and three. Yeah. At the Southern Utah 39. You went trips left. Um, Southern Utah blitzed out of it and you got a good pickup. and Keanu moved the sticks for you. Big play.
1: Yeah. And the play before that, I, I can't remember if it was third and 12, I think, or third and third and 11. It was it was third and long for sure. We 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 ran a third high, and nine third. Okay. Third yep. and nine. Yeah. We ran a high percentage completion play to try to get us That's close. what I, thought. I mean, it, thought. Yeah. The completion might get the first down, but it's a, it's a, it's a play that's going to get us close enough to go for it on fourth. So yeah, that, that, was,
0: that was, yeah, I'm glad you said that. Now, there was the play to Keanu, but, yeah, it was on the third and nine. When Chase caught it, shot shy of the sticks the way he did, I said, this is probably one of the situations where you're scheming for two downs and you got close.
1: Correct. So, twi- twice Saturday on third and long, we ran the exact same play twice to get us to a manageable fourth down. And so, even though the, at the end of the day, it says we're three for nine on third down, in our in our minds, we're actually we're actually uh, five, five, or, yeah. five <laughs> of nine because those other two times we played intentionally for the fourth down conversion, and that's yeah. uh, you know those are that's one of those things where the game's changing now. It's a different ball game now. You're seeing a lot of teams sequence like that to try to get to a manageable fourth. That's and,
0: exactly where I was going with this. Yeah, the third no- the third down number on his face doesn't look look, look is, like where you want it to be, but you're two for two on fourth downs, and you so often are sequencing with designed fourth down plays in mind. The
1: third down conversion statistic is not
0: as valuable of
1: a, st- of a stat as it once was.
0: So if you're a team that goes for it on fourth a, a lot. And, and
1: um, two for two on fourth down Saturday is a, is an important part of the game for us. We we did a nice job in, in converting those.
0: Okay, that drive extended there on the Keanu play. And then the drive ends with Keaton Slovis keeping it on a first and goal from the sixth after no rushing touchdowns (laughs) in four seasons of college football. Now you've got them three rushing scores in two weeks.
1: Yeah, and the quarterback run game will always be uh, something that we're going to make the other team at least honor it. You know, we don't major in it. We don't, we're not reckless about it, but we're going to make you honor the quarterback. I think it's it's a game changer to be able to, uh, you know, account for the QB. At least you're equating numbers a little bit. You know, now it's 10 against 11 instead of 9 against 11.
0: This is joking. How are his other OCs not seeing the gift Keaton has near the goal line? (laughs) He he actually is not a bad athlete. He's he's a
1: solid runner and he's an excellent decision maker.
0: And now he's he's accounted for seven touchdowns now with four passing and three rushing in two games. All right, your final score uh, came after another defensive three and out, forced a punt. Special teams makes another nice play to give you a short field. It was one play. And a nice pocket climb. I want to show this, a uh, 39-yard strike to Chase Roberts for the final touchdown pass.
1: Yeah, excellent pocket presence by Keaton on that play to step up, and um, Chase ran a really good route and made, made the corner fall down. He was It was a nice play. Was, that's the same play that uh, he made the big catch against Baylor last year right before half. It was the exact same play call.
0: And he, he twisted him up a little bit at the goal line. And safety did lose his footing, but that's on, on Chase. And uh, again, Keaton did a nice job just looking downfield. He had space. He had a lot of grass in front of him. Just He, he knew what he wanted downfield.
1: Yeah, he, he man, he was, he was really solid all day. I thought he made great decisions um, and uh, threw the ball very accurately. And um, glad, glad we got him going a little bit.
0: That play came from outside the red zone, but it was another perfect day in the red zone. Four possessions inside the 20, four touchdowns. Uh, you're one of only three teams nationally with at least six red zone drives and have seen every drive end in a touchdown you're where you want to be that's our goal and we only
1: count touchdowns if we kick a field goal that we count that as a loss at least offensively we, we feel like that's that we failed if we have to kick a field goal and we want touchdowns every time and um, you know i don't it's not probably not possible to be hundred percent all season but um, that's our goal every game is to be 100% touchdowns in the red zone.
0: I said you're one of the, th- one of the three 100% touchdown teams with, a, with at least six drives. One of the other two is, is Arkansas. They're eight for eight, and you get them. This I mean, it was a shootout last year. You can't forecast anything, but uh, they've got a great offense to kind of go toe-to-toe they with do. this week. Uh,
1: their offensive coordinator, Dan Enos, is an excellent coach. He's somebody I admire a lot, and I've, I've watched his offenses over the years, and they, they do a really good job.
0: Okay, you took care of business Saturday, and you got some backups in the game, too, as a result. Uh, quarterback, you did go to Cade Finnegan for the final quarterback snaps in this one. Yeah, got
1: Cade in there. It was good to get him in there. I uh, wish we could have got a few more snaps and uh, played a little bit better. I, one thing that was, uh, you know, we, we were pretty uh, – we want those backups when they go in there to go in there and finish the game. You know, and we don't want to go in there and go three and out like that. And we're asking those guys to show us you can play and show us you can help the team, you know, later in the season or, or – Uh, or now and um, so we want to finish the game stronger. I was a little bit disappointed how we finished that last possession but it was nice to get those guys in and see some of them play at least for three plays
0: so let's look forward in late game situations if you are trying to close the game out with some backups if the play calls might change you still want the same level of execution they're they're still designed to gain yards
1: those those plays are still meaningful I mean you're, you're playing for an opportunity to show us you can play uh, you know, in, in later in the season or like I said, if, if uh, you know, if we have an injury or something, you're one play away from going in and we want to finish the game the right way.
0: You ran 67 plays in the opener. You already talked about a 55 plays on Saturday against Southern Utah. Some short fields, some quick scores. Uh, the chunk plays all kind of factored in. Plus, they did a better job Southern Utah of staying on the field offensively in the second half. You had only 20 snaps after halftime.
1: Yeah, they, they had a couple of drives. They sustained a little bit and you um, and then we were also playing pretty slow pace as well. We we had a good solid lead, felt in control of the game. There was no reason for us to go fast there. I mean, you could you could go fast to try to get style points, or you can, you know, you can play the game the right way and get the win. And and so I was, you know, 41 points and 55 snaps is still a very yep. solid day. But there at that point, there's no there's no point in speeding up your tempo. You're you're gotta got the game in hand.
0: Great point. As Keaton's QB coach, your thoughts on how he's settled in here through two games at BYU. I mentioned he's, he's finishing drives for you, seven touchdowns accounted for in two games.
1: Yeah, the main thing is he's a really good decision maker. He's making good decisions. He's taking care of the ball. Um, you know, the, we have one interception that really wasn't his fault, and um, and uh, he's just doing a good job getting the ball to our playmakers, and and uh, I, I think he's going to just keep getting better and better. I mean, we're just barely just barely getting started here. And two games in this in this offense with these players I, I expect us to keep improving every week
0: are there things we're not seeing that you that the fans won't see that you think are as important to the piece of the puzzle as anything else Keaton does
1: uh, well yeah just the amount of information that's on his plate every play I mean we're, we're putting a lot on him uh, for a guy who's only in his second game in this offense I mean every play he's got multiple decisions to make sometimes pre-snap decisions to get us into the right play or out of a bad play um, and then once the play starts, there's a lot going on, mm. and he's, uh, he's a really sharp guy.
0: Okay, that's a good segue into your pick as the offensive player of the game from Saturday.
1: Yeah, it was Keaton. He, we, we thought he uh, really had a, had a good solid day and, and led our team to that win, and especially, uh, you know, early in the game when it was apparent that they were daring us to throw. Um, I thought he really stepped up to the challenge and spread the ball all over the field to a bunch of different players.
0: Those are Keaton's numbers from Saturday, and he's the offensive player of the game for the 41-16 win over Southern Utah. And again, after uh, just rushing touchdowns in his first game, he had the four passing touchdowns, and now brings him to 72 Passing touchdowns for his collegiate career. Pretty good. Yeah, not bad. He's a good player. He could end up as one of those rare uh, 100 touchdown passes, 10,000 yard passing yards types guys. He already hit the 10K plateau. Uh, you're 2-0 through two games. Uh, perfect red zone team. We talked about only one giveaway. Uh, you haven't had your top playmaker. Some would argue on the field yet. Overall assessment through two weeks of how the offense is humming along for you.
1: We have a lot of work to do still. We we still are uh, making too many unforced errors. You know, too many things that are just uh, Sometimes just got to get out of our own way. Um, But huge improvement from game one to game two. We're trending in the right direction there. Um, You know, we need to get our run game going. But again, Saturday wasn't the day to do it. Saturday was the day to throw the ball down the field. And at at some point, we're going to see a team that's going to not let us throw it. And we're going to have to be able to prove that we can run it. And I'm sure one of those games is coming soon. Maybe it's this week. uh, Maybe it's the next week. I don't know but we want to just keep improving each week. That's the main thing. And then keep uh, coming together. We have a lot of new faces that are playing together, Mm -hmm. only played together for two games. And they're good players, but we want to just keep gelling, keep meshing together our execution uh, cleaner each week.
0: All right it is break time as we go to break a reminder that dinner after the game at JCW's includes something for everybody from burgers to wings shakes to salads JCW's quality and a lot of it in Lehigh American Fork Provo South Jordan and Harum. And this Saturday BYU plays for the first time in Fayetteville BYU in Arkansas Cougar pregame live on BYU radio starts at 530 Eastern 330 Mountain coming up next a look ahead to BYU's matchup with the Razorbacks you're in the coordinator's corner brought to you by JCW's the Burger Boys. Coordinator's Corner on BYU TV is brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. You're in the Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by JCW's. BYU now 2 0 after a 41 16 home win over Southern Utah this past Saturday. Cougs now 18 0 all time against FCS opponents. Now it's 10 straight power conference opponents, starting with Arkansas this upcoming Saturday in Fayetteville. Final segment with BYU Offensive Coordinator and QB Coach Aaron Roderick, presented by Intermountain Health, official medical provider of BYU Athletics. Last year's game with Arkansas in Provo, a wild one. Arkansas wins at 52-35. It was a three-point game late in the third quarter. You had a fourth quarter turnover, and then Arkansas kind of ran the clock out on you with a 10-minute drive, but it was closer than the final score might indicate on first glance.
1: Yeah, I think we, we cut it to 38-35 in the middle of the third quarter, and I thought, okay, one stop, and this place is going to go bonkers, and we're going to we're going to win this thing in the fourth quarter. And then, um, yeah, it just kind of unraveled on us there at the end. But that was a it was a quite a track meet there that day.
0: Arkansas has played an FCS team and a lower tier FBS squad in getting to 2-0. They've allowed one touchdown is all. Under 10 points a game through two games. Very stingy on the ground. Six takeaways already jumps out. Uh, your early takeaway from the Arkansas defense.
1: They look like an SEC team. They are big uh, and athletic and very uh, deep. Very experienced team. The most of their defense are seniors and juniors. I think there's a couple of young guys playing a little bit, but most of the starters are seniors and juniors. Um, and they are long and athletic. It's, 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 they, they look like an SEC defense, yes.
0: And so you are into SEC country. You've ramped up uh, with a couple of games that uh, gave you a feel for kind of who you are. How much do you have to uh, bring up your level of play if that's the way you want to look at it, to compete the way you want to on Saturday?
1: Yeah, we're going to need to play a lot better than we have in the first two games to have a chance Saturday. Um, and I, I expect our players to accept that challenge and we'll be ready. We're going to go down there and play our best.
0: Look forward to meeting the challenge. Coach Roderick, thanks as always for the time. You've gone three straight weeks to open the year with us. We'll take a week off with you next week, and we'll see you soon. Good to be here. All right, that's Aaron Roderick. Tomorrow night, join us for BYU football with Kalani Sitake. Enjoy a full hour of conversation with the coach and a player live in studio in Studio C. You can watch Tuesdays, 830 Eastern, on the BYU TV app and on the Big 12 Now on ESPN+. Coming up next, our conversation with BYU special teams coordinator Kelly Papinga. This is the Coordinator's Corner brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Coordinator's Corner on BYU TV is brought to you by JCW's, the Burger Boys, Siegfried and Jensen, helping
2: Utah families for over 30 years, and by Smith's,
0: low prices, market fresh we are in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. BYU this past Saturday, solid 41-16 home win over Southern Utah. BYU scored in every quarter. Under Kalani Sitake, BYU now 28-2 and has won 17 straight when scoring in all four quarters. It's a good formula. Starting our second half of the show now with BYU special teams coordinator and defensive ends coach Kelly Papinga. Coach, good to see you once again. Yeah, it's good to be back. Um, you've gone through the first two weeks of the season uh, with a very heavy heart as you try to do your job. Um what do you feel comfortable about sharing uh, with us and, and Cougar Nation about how uh, you and the Popinga family have been dealing with the last couple of weeks?
2: Yeah, um, you know, I know, you know, you to me and my family and Brady, you know, they've been very strengthened by just the support and love and prayers that have been given to their family over the last couple of weeks uh, with the loss of Brady's son, uh, Julius, who was... A guy that we were recruiting, um, a guy that came to camp this summer and did a really good job. And was, was he 17 years old? 17, yeah, 17 years old, and you know was a you know a, a kid just on the rise of doing a lot of amazing things in his life, not just in football, but just other um, activities that he was doing in his uh, community in Westlake in uh, California out there. And and so I know Brady uh, was very appreciative and his family very appreciative of all the support from BYU fans and just everybody. Um, he had received so much love and support and prayers and, you know, being with him the last two days was, was awesome to be with him and my whole entire family and to kind of go, go through, you know, what it was to go through. And it was tough. It was rough, but at the same time it was uplifting and, uh, there was hope, um, there was peace. Um, and, uh, you know, there was, there some sad times, but at the same time, I think, you know, the gospel brings us, uh, peace and hope and joy and an opportunity to, you know, be together one day and so I think, you know, ultimately that is, you know, what helped us feel that, you know, those feelings, but you know, I know for our family, we're just really appreciative of just everybody and their support they've given our family over the last couple of weeks.
0: Julius passed the week of the Sam Houston game. You coached that game, having gone through the, the previous days. And then um, you got your players ready to play the next game, the, the Southern Utah game. Then you left them to be with your family and attend uh, Julius's services in California on what turned out to be a game day on Saturday.
2: Yeah, yeah, which was <laughs> really weird. You know, so I didn't, I, you know, I, I told myself, I'm, you know, my phone's going off. Because really, the, uh, the services started at 11 a.m. there, uh, California time, yeah. and so we and it went probably two and two and a half hours. So it was halftime by the time the services down there were over, and you know finally it was like you know my my family was like go check the score, you know, because every kind of had settled down, and so you know it was about. Two o'clock local time there. And so I just kind of snuck away and saw the score 27 to 3 at halftime. And I had this one text message from a friend that said blocked punt. That's all it said. Blocked punt. And I was like, oh gosh, we gave up a block punt. Great. That's no. the first that was the first thing that came to my mind. Not that we blocked it, but it just <laughs> said block punt. So I was all, you know, freaking out a little bit, but then later find out that it was, you know, Santa got it, which yeah. was pretty awesome. And then your call was awesome that you made that somebody sent to me. But um but yeah, just really weird. Just just, you know, put the trust in the staff and the players to go and do their thing. And Jan Jorgensen did a great job. He really stepped in and took my place in everything as uh, as the DNs coach, as a special teams coordinator. Um, you know, Jay had an influence there as well. But Jan was really the one that called everything. And so props to him and just the rest of the staff for filling in for, you know, the the – the things that I was usually doing yeah. on game day, they were there to do it for me. So it was it was awesome for Kalani to let me to go and pretty much told me if he, if I showed up at the game, he was going to fire me, so <laughs> um, wanted me to Uh-oh. make sure that I was there and I needed to be there. And, you know, what I told everybody is, and no offense to Southern Utah or any football, it's just it didn't matter what game was played yesterday, we could play in Alabama. 30 years from now, nobody's going to remember BYU, whatever game they played on September 8th. But I do know 30 years from now, I'll remember that experience I had with my family. and. And uh, just being able to be there for my brother and their family, it was uh, it was special.
0: Well, we'll get into the game in our next segment. But uh, thanks for sharing all of that. I know you were proud of your guys for the way they played, and 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 I know it was gratifying to have your coaching partners rally around you and and help to share the load uh, on a very heavy time. And and uh, again, I think you hit the uh, most important takeaway is that uh, there's a lot of hope. Uh, and, and and peace, hopefully, at the end of this. And yeah. uh, now we move forward. Yep, All right. appreciate it. Thank you, Kelly. All right, you can get ready for Saturday's showdown in SEC country <laughs> this Saturday as BYU travels to face Arkansas. Tune in to BYU Sports Nation. Game day's expanded pregame coverage starting two hours prior to kickoff, 5.30 Eastern, 3.30 Mountain Time on BYU TV. Time for a break when we come back. Coach Kelly Papinga reviews BYU special teams performance during Saturday's 41-16 home win over Southern Utah as the coordinator's corner continues. We're brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Back with more after this. BYU gets pressure and blocks it. The punt is blocked. It's off the fingertips and fallen on by the T-Birds at their own 35-yard line. But BYU will take over in excellent field position. Back on the coordinator's corner, looking back on BYU's 41-16 home field win over Southern Utah. BYU now 2-0 and takes that 2-0 record to face 2-0 Arkansas. Saturday in Fayetteville, second all-time meeting between these two teams. Razorbacks won a shootout last season in Provo. We continue our conversation now with BYU special teams coordinator and defensive ends coach Kelly Papinga. Special teams factored into a lot of Saturday's game-changing moments. I know the special teams began w- with maybe like a short punt that you wouldn't normally expect and then a missed PAT, but then it got a lot better from there.
2: Yeah, so you know, after watching the film, not being there in person, um, the first, uh, the first punt of the game, we wanted to go rugby. Um, something that's not usually what Ryan does, but we wanted to do it just to show teams, hey, we can do it. And he has been really good at it and he just kind of missed the kick. Um, and uh, the reason why we do rugby is to be able to change the, the kick point. So teams can't just tee off on Ryan. And uh, you know, we're always sitting right behind the snapper. And if we can just move the pocket and move that kick point, then it moves the block point, And so they have to adjust. And so, um, and there'll be times throughout the year that we'll do that and just hopefully keep their punt block team, you know, on their heels. Um, but for the majority of the time, we're going to be kicking how Ryan likes it, mm-hmm. you know, traditionally just behind the snapper, but, um, but yeah, he mishit that one. And then, you know, will uh, kind of did a, I don't want to say a lazy kick, but kind of relaxed this kick on his PAT, which tends to happen with a lot of kickers. So just being able to get him to just swing and follow through all the way. Um, but, uh, after that, he, he kicked great, did really good actually. And then, uh, you know, Ryan looked great the rest of the game too as well. And so, you know, there, you. I think everybody expects, you know, special teams to just go perfect because there's only, you know, I say there's 30 plays that we get in those 30 plays. Yeah, we're going to – we're shooting for for perfection. And, uh, man, if we only have to deal with, you know, a punt that goes off the side of Ryan's foot that goes for 35 or almost 40 yards and then, you know, we miss a PAT, obviously those can be big in games, but it didn't cost us in this game. We'll learn from those and, and build from there.
0: Tons of great and key plays after that. First key play from special teams comes early in the second quarter. After a three-and-out, uh, Harrison Taggart gets in for the for the punt block. Uh, it set up a short field offense, scored immediately. A great individual effort by Harrison up the middle on this. Yeah, run. he's
2: been he's been awesome all the you know all the way through fall camp and then loved him in our first game versus Sam Houston and then I just love his energy the physicality that he plays with and this wasn't even really designed for him to block the punt actually, The actually the design was for crew Wakely to come off the edge because we were anticipating rugby because mm. um, the week before all they had shown was rugby punt and so we didn't think they were going to do what we call pocket where he just sits behind the snapper and so just to Harrison's credit he went hard he just and, gets there yeah he can, <laughs> as you see right there he just comes hard he splits the Shield right there, and then he's able to get his hand up right in the block point, and, and then uh, you know, he's able to set our offense up for, with some great field position right there. So that's
0: pretty exciting. Block yeah. the pun is always a big deal. Let's go late second quarter now BYU fourth and seven from its own 37 it might show up in the playbook as a standard 46 yard punt from Ryan Rico but the height and the hang time on this one were exceptional. I had it around five seconds and the timing on the tackle by Marcus McKenzie is perfect after that thing finally came down.
2: Yeah and so you know a lot of people you look at the bottom of the screen right now Marcus destroys the double team and then goes down and makes the tackle which is unbelievable. So in that play though a lot of people don't notice is that he had to defeat a double team before he was able to go down and make a tackle. So really, really great effort by him. And then, you know, uh, like you said, I think Rico's hang time. I had him at like 4.98 or something like yep, that. Yeah, that. that's Just right, right, was. Under, right under five seconds. Yep. Which, if we can put him, you know, we hang him up for five seconds like that. And you can see we got three unblocked players
0: right there then we're gonna have a great chance to cover kicks. That's like that's trademark what you want. Yeah. In every facet. Yeah. There, isn't the it? only
2: thing we're gonna continue like he's got to continue and we're right after this meeting's over we have a special teams meeting with the players to review the game and just Ryan being able to hit his spots. He's doing a great job um, with distance and hang time right now. Now it's just we want to be able to shorten the field by putting the ball from what we call the alley, which is between the hash and the numbers from the alley to the sideline. If we could put the ball there and then shorten the field, um, then it it helps us be able to cover the field better. Like if you put the ball in the middle of the field, then you're opening up the whole entire field to to that returner. So we want to be able to narrow the focus. Yeah, Yeah. be able to pin them near the sideline as much as we can. And uh, when we do that, we're really, really good. But man, Ryan, you know, with the hang time and the Marcus covering right there, that was fun to see.
0: You had a 27 three lead at the break early in the second half one of the nicest long punts with good coverage you're ever going to see line of scrimmage was a 34 uh, Rico booms at 64 yards and Marcus still makes the stop for no return. <laughs> yeah it's uh, you know. Now granted this one took the returner off he had to go back and whether you're fieldless or not I'm, you know that's it. Yeah. But then still for Marcus to be right there. Yeah.
2: For uh, the I think what people are understanding right now is this guy has a ton of speed. And uh, as you watch this clip right here, he had to cover a lot of ground, and really, Ryan, um, you know, you say you outkick your coverage. He did a little bit right there, but when you have the speed that that McKenzie's playing with right there, and even even Jacob Borm who's really fast, is right down there too as well. But great tackle. He's done that now, I think, three times where um, this season so far, where the punter or the punt returner catches the ball and hits. It's a bang bang, you know, tackle where he catches it and he tackles, which is you know, great timing and anticipation by him and continue hopefully see him continue oh, yeah. to do that throughout the year cuz it's that's fun to see in the first 2 weeks especially for a guy that's never done it mm-hmm. you know this is those are his first two ever college football games and for him to come out there and do it in his first two games i just uh, I'm excited to see how the next, you know, 10, 11, 12 games go.
0: And that phrase outkick the coverage usually comes on the 60 to 70 yard boomers that take everyone by surprise. And so to still get the coverage like you did was amazing. Uh, BYU's final touchdown of the day was set up by a punt muff early in the fourth quarter. The wind was swirling at this point. It got crazy. Uh, it wasn't a really deep punt, but it started bouncing around and hitting people. Uh, and Marcus, Marcus McKenzie was there to clean that one up and give the offense a short yeah, field. So
2: it's pretty interesting. What a lot of people uh, don't know on this play is that we were actually supposed to punt the ball the the other way so it was a miss hit by Ryan Uh, we were supposed to kick the ball to the left the ball goes to the right and uh, I think it took everybody kind of by surprise even the guy that was trying to block Marcus right there he didn't know the ball was coming and then it just accidentally hit him and then Marcus you know kind of Johnny on the spot was there to be able to make the play and and so you know that situation well, that we were in, it was a tight punt situation, what we call it, where we're inside our own five yard line. If you go back and look at the formation, it's a little different than our regular, traditional formation. Um, it's a formation we have to get into where um, we, we're anticipating a team's gonna bring it, and we, we have to block it a little bit different. So that's why the formation's a little bit different. So Ryan's operation on that has to be quicker. Mm. So it's usually usually it takes two steps to punt the ball. In this situation, it's one step. You're getting that ball out, and in that situation, as you brought pressure, um, they're trying to block it. and. Actually, we screwed up the protection. Batty didn't uh, get his guy initially, and right at the last second, got a little push just enough to mm. get. Uh, the guy out of the block point, but um, like I said, Ryan miss the ball should have went left, the ball goes right, and I think to our, you know, fortunately for us, it happened that way, because it ends up hitting the guy that, you know, is uh, trying to block Marcus, and, uh, you know, we end up getting the ball there, and then I think the very next play we scored, right, I think uh, we throw a a corner route to Chase or something, and
0: Silvis makes a great throw. He did, climbed the pocket and hit him. Uh, So, it's a team effort uh, on special teams, but we just saw a lot of Marcus McKenzie there. Uh, When and how did he emerge as someone that you wanted to deploy as a Weapon, yeah. On punt cover. Well, we saw it in the spring, where you know this guy's just
2: coming home off his mission, and he is just—he's faster than any return missionary I'd ever seen just recently home. And uh, we're thinking, okay, he's going to be able to help us, you know, somewhere on defense. And then I start to see him run down in these punt drills and cover down. I'm thinking, okay, I got to find a way to get him on punt and kickoff. And uh, you know, sure enough, about the last week of fall camp is when I had made that transition. We'd actually had Jacob Robbins in there in there. Um, And he's a really good gunner, and uh, you know he was he was showing up as one of our best corners, and we just felt like um, you know Marcus was giving us something very similar, if not better, with him out there covering, and uh, so we just thought, man, it'll give us an opportunity to be able to rest Jacob, to be able to help him go out there and really cover some guys man-to-man and keep stay fresh throughout the game, and then shoot, we're not losing anything if if not maybe gaining some now with Marcus and the way that he's playing. So you can just see these great tackles that he's made throughout the season so far, and so. Uh, the biggest thing for him is not, uh, you know, think that, that he's arrived, right? You know, a lot of times when guys are young, so that's going to be my message to him. Here, coming up here in about 30 minutes, is just hey, there's a lot more football to be played, and um, a lot more opportunities are going to be out there, and, and really uh he's put a target on his back that's what happens when you're a good player and you make big plays is now he's going to be getting double teamed and there'll be different schemes that i'm sure people are going to try to do to stop him and slow him
0: down um so i'm excited to see how he responds to those well we've talked a lot about him let's get to our special teams players of the week and talk more about him he's one of two special teams player of the week players of the week you picked for the southern utah game
2: yeah so you know obviously marcus he's been awesome like we were just talking about on punt Um, But then Harrison Taggart has been just, like I said earlier as well, just been great for us throughout the whole entire season um, back into fall camp. And he's on every special teams. Um, Isaiah uh, Glasker was out this last game um, who was uh, starting on our punt team and. Harrison came right in, started on our punt team, starts on our punt return team. Uh, He's on KOR, he's on kickoff, he's on every every single special team that we have. And uh, you know to take every special team's rep and then be able to make that big play. And then he's making some big key blocks on um, punt return. He did a great job on punt return to set up some opportunities. We gotta get Hobbs to catch the ball and get vertical um, on one of those and we're gonna have a really big return. He ends up slipping and that's two weeks in a row now where we have a big return set up and we just gotta get our feet in the ground and get vertical and he's going to have some big returns but just really pleased with his effort he brings great energy the team loves him uh, he's the guy in the huddle before kickoff that's getting everybody fired up to go down and fly down and make a play um, but just really love where he's at and really become emerging as a leader um, in the special teams unit right now
0: Okay, congrats to Marcus and Harrison as special teams players of the week. Coach Jay Hill picked Max Tuli as the defensive player of the week for this Yeah, past so game. Max,
2: uh, Max flying around. You know, I think it's two weeks in a row now where I think Max has played really well. But I, I just love our linebacker core. I think between him and AJ and and uh ben those guys are all playing at a really high level right now and so um but back-to-back weeks for for max that he's playing well and he's just uh, the way the thing about max that i love is just it's always gonna be 100 miles an hour man you you know that you're gonna get that at him every single time that it's gonna be all out effort and and uh the physicality that he plays with and just excited to see him continue to progress throughout the season as well even though
0: your defensive ends coach is a piece of your heart still with the linebackers all the oh
2: always always (laughs) so justin and i'd probably get sick of me making comments about linebackers but that's (laughs) you know when you're a linebacker yeah your heart's always there but ah man no it's good justin does a great job with those guys and i think really probably on our defense right now our linebackers are playing at the highest level of any other position and so um we've got a deep group of guys and you know some young guys coming up and excited for Uh, just the future of that group. And a deep defensive staff,
0: too. Time again for a break. As we step away, we remind you that for your day-to-day Cougar sports play-by-play, tune in to BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Weekdays, noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Coming up on our final segment, Coach Papinga previews the game at Arkansas. When the Coordinator's Corner continues, it's brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. You're in the coordinator's corner brought to you by JCW's the Burger Boys. BYU looking to go 3-0 with a trip to Fayetteville on the weekend. BYU 7-8 and 8, all time against current members of the SEC. Visiting with special teams coordinator Kelly Pepinga. Uh BYU number two right now nationally in that punt. Arkansas number six. Oh wow. A couple good punters right now yeah. in uh, BYU's Ryan Rico and Arkansas's Max Fletcher. Uh, they are third and twelfth in punt average so a couple of good legs on display this yeah, Saturday.
2: That'll be fun to see how that all <laughs> transpires especially not being in the mountain air you know for Ryan just see how we adjust to that. That it's always a little bit different. But uh, yeah, I've looked at their scheme and he's, he does a good job. They have a different little al- alignment of how they do their protection. But yeah, it'll be fun to see what
0: happens. You weren't here last year when Arkansas went up and down the field for 52 points and 644 yards. It was Arkansas winning in a shootout. Uh, next, A new year, new defense for BYU. But K.J. Jefferson is back. Your edge guys have a particularly important role this week uh, dealing with K.J.
2: Yeah, he's, he's a special athlete, and he does a great job of being able to uh, scramble, make plays on the run. He's really good in the RPO game, so he knows how to you know, hold it in the mesh and be able to get the ball out and rip it to, you know, you know, slants and different route combinations that they have. And so, um, you know, I don't know if they're running him as much as they were a year ago as like QB design runs, but they do have their uh, situations where they do do that. So we're going to have to be really good at being able to tackle him because he's a bigger, thicker guy. Yeah, Um, and so we'll see how that turns out.
0: We have 60 seconds left. Arkansas has yet to turn the ball over. They're eight for eight in the red zone with eight touchdowns, so they're super efficient. If those numbers hold, it's tough. But BYU already has five takeaways. Um, how pleased are you with the level of defensive disruption right now?
2: Uh, yeah, good. I think you know we can get after the quarterback more, and um, we had opportunities in that game where we hit the quarterback. Um, same thing in the Houston, Sam Houston game, we hit the quarterback. Now we just got to get there a split second sooner so we can get some more sacks. Um, but I do believe uh, those opportunities are coming, and I think. Uh, you know, for the most part with the interceptions and the ter- takeaways that we've had, I think we're happy at this point. Five and two games is really good.
0: And uh, happy to be 2-0, and o, I know, oh, yeah. most
2: importantly. Oh yeah, that's yeah. the most important part.
0: We're <laughs> excited for that and excited to build on that too. So good to see you again, yeah. uh, Kelly, and back. again our love and that of Cougar Nation out to you and your entire family at this time as we're thinking about you and have been. Alright, thanks again. Thank you. Alright, that'll do it for week three of the Coordinator's Corner for coaches Roderick and Papinga and our entire crew. My name is Greg Rubel, we'll see you next week. Go Cougs as BYU takes on Arkansas in Fayetteville this Saturday. We'll see you next Monday.